Chapter One of Geographical Reader, Europe by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter One Travels Through Europe Across the Atlantic to Europe. In this little book, we are to travel together all over the grand division of Europe. Every one who has eyes to read can make the tour if he will forget, for the time, that he is in America and imagine himself to be one of our party we shall cross the atlantic on a big ocean steamer and travel slowly from country to country and from place to place on cars and in ships in carriages and on horseback on donkeys and on foot now climbing through the snows of the mighty alps now sailing by the castles on the rhine and the danube now standing on the north cape watching the sun shine at midnight over the cold arctic sea and now crawling up to the hot crater of vesuvius from the orange and lemon groves of southern italy we shall see the natural wonders of all the great countries and shall visit the many curious peoples of europe in their cities on their farms and in their factories seeing with our own eyes just who they are how they live and what they are doing in the work of the world this is a big undertaking europe which is to be our imaginary home for months to come is the most important of the grand divisions although it is by no means the largest indeed it is smaller than any other grand division except australia nevertheless it has more people in proportion to its area than any other it contains one-fourth of all the people on the globe and these people have a greater commerce live better and are more learned and in short have risen to a much higher degree of civilization than the inhabitants of the other divisions this has happened largely on account of the situation and character of europe itself and also because of the strength of its inhabitants the people are especially interesting to us because our ancestors came from europe and we are all of the same race family indeed we are going to see the home of our forefathers and to travel among those who are our first cousins so to speak the europeans are chiefly of the caucasian race a race which is supposed to have come from time to time in savage hordes from its home in asia and to have settled in europe forming there the three great race families which make up nine-tenths of the population of that continent the first is the teutonic people with whom we are most closely related they are the english the germans the danes the dutch and the scandinavians we shall find them in the northwest along the rhine and the danube and in the british isles farther south about the mediterranean and in france we shall travel among the second branch or the greco-latin race composed of the french the spaniards the portuguese the italians and the greeks and farther east populating almost all eastern europe we shall find the slavonic race composed of russians bulgarians servians bohemians and poles the people of this race are rough but they are among the strongest of europe in addition to the caucasians europe has a few people of the mongolian or yellow race such as the finns in the icy lands of the far north the magyars of hungary the almond-eyed tartars along the volga and the mohammedan turks in the balkan peninsula and south of the black sea the mongolians however are here of minor importance the great race of europe and the great race of the world of today is the caucasian it is our race 
the race which has done most of the work of the civilized world and which promises to control the whole world in the future but it is not due to the people alone that europe has become the richest and most civilized of all the grand divisions if a merchant has a great trade if a manufacturer builds up a large business or a student becomes well educated you will find upon inquiry that his surroundings have had much to do with his success a store in a desert would have but few customers a factory in a nest in the mountains could never get its goods to the people and a man who grew up on a desert island without a chance to see and learn from other men could never become civilized europe is so situated with reference to other lands that it affords exceptional opportunities for its people to manufacture and do business with their neighbors of the other continents it is the most central of all the habitable land divisions in the world and it has such an enormous coastline with many peninsulas and great inland seas that its people have water highways which connect them with one another and with all parts of the world more than this europe is so cut up by navigable rivers such as the rhine the elbe the danube and the volga that it is easy to go by water from any one part of it to almost all the others much of the land is flat and the mountain ranges have many passes so that railroads be built very cheaply and now one can travel to all parts of it by cars europe has also much excellent soil and there are no vast wastes in it like parts of our rocky mountain plateau the sahara in africa the desert highlands in asia and the mighty range of the andes in south america it has an excellent climate so that its people can work all the year round and its mountains are so situated with respect to the winds that they give it an even rainfall and furnish many small streams which water the land there are besides vast mineral regions in which are abundant stores of iron coal zinc copper and lead the coal and iron are so situated that things to sell can be made very cheaply and this with the abundant and cheap transportation has made the europeans a great manufacturing people in a word they have so many natural resources and their situation is such that they could hardly help reaching a high state of civilization and power but we shall see this much better as we go on with our travel our journey is to be such a long one that we have little time to waste at the start we therefore take a train at once for new york where we get a steamer for the united kingdom of great britain and ireland where our tour is to begin our ship is one of the greyhounds of the atlantic it is an immense vessel longer than a city block and so wide that it would fill a broad street from one side to the other it has several stories which are crowded with passengers and packed with goods bound from new york to great britain it has hundreds of little bedrooms or cabins and big parlors with pianos easy chairs and great sofas it has mighty steam engines which move it along by means of great screws at the stern which turn around so rapidly in the water outside that its speed is equal to that of a fast railroad train we ask as to the length of the voyage and the captain tells us we shall cross the atlantic in less than six days we say good-bye to our friends at the wharf and wave our handkerchiefs from the deck as we steam out into the river the ship takes us down the hudson past the tall buildings of lower new york we go by the gigantic statue of liberty enlightening the world coast along staten island 
and past sandy hook where we leave our pilot and then sail on out into the broad atlantic ocean a day or so later we are beyond the coast of the united states and far out to sea we move on to the northeast and the foghorn almost deafens us as we steam through the mist which formed by the meeting of the cold current of the arctic ocean and the warm waters of the gulf stream always hangs over the banks of newfoundland it is now pitch dark at night and the water is so rough that the foghorn which sounds every few minutes fills us with terror we remember that we are on the greatest of all ocean highways upon which hundreds of steamers are always moving back and forth to and from europe and that we are also on the vast fishing banks where hundreds of smaller vessels are taking in cod we tremble when we think that we might easily run down a fishing smack and kill the people within it or be lost ourselves by crashing into one of the big ocean steamers coming from england by morning however we have passed out of the fog and as we walk the deck we are far out of sight of land on the billowy sea the wind is fresh the sun is dancing upon the waves making them sparkle with thousands of diamonds and turning the white caps to silver every now and then we rush from one side of the deck to the other to watch through our glasses the smoke of a steamer away off to the right or the left now we see a whale spout and now narrowly escape running into a great iceberg which is floating towards the equator on its way from the polar regions as we steam onward the water grows smoother for the weather is fine with shovel-board deck quoits and other games the time passes quickly and on the sixth day after leaving new york the green rocky shores of ireland come into view and we soon find ourselves at anchor in the harbor of queenstown with all europe lying before us End of chapter one